Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the movement that is changing the industry. For another week, the Stu Crew is here to give you everything that you have missed in the world of sports and entertainment. Excited to kick things here off tonight, but first, as always, have to introduce the minds behind the movement. Coming to us live from Richmond, Virginia, head of production, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, kid? I'm good. I'm still recovering a bit myself from yesterday, watching the Patriots just lay waste the Redskins, who are now without a head coach. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this episode and looking forward to doing the same to your Giants this Thursday night. Yeah, well, more on Jay later, but next up in the booth, coming to us live from New York City, had a little hiatus with him here this weekend. Harry Douglas, how we doing? We're doing well. Uh, you know, the Patriots, it's funny, the Patriots are like Thanos, really, in my mind. They're literally just, they go from team to team and somehow, some way, people just disappear from the earth. Um, good on you, Tom. You guys are still undefeated. No, sh- no, uh, no shocker there. When you play some of the shittiest. You speaking to Tom Brady or Tom Wells? I mean, they both listen. No, no, they're both handsome. Just, just Tom Brady. Well, actually, I was speaking to Tom Wells, but about Tom Brady. And uh, I mean, that's what you, that's what happens when you guys play. You know, one of the softest schedules in the NFL. So, good job. Uh huh. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and kick off the music. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. You got my vote, number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, things are already heating up here in the studio. So excited to kick it off. But first, here's our agenda for tonight. <clears throat> We've got some banner. We're bringing things back on uh, a discussion of do we need to go back to school? So we're going to throw out some trivia questions, see how much you know, see how much we know. We're going to talk a little bit about week five of the NFL, some injury updates, and then put a little money in your pocket as always. And then we have to obviously bring things into light with the MLB playoffs in full swing. Tom's going to give us a rundown. Harrison's going to give us some insight, give you some hot takes and more. And lastly, close things up with some buzzer beaters. So I'm excited, gentlemen. Um, wanted to kick things off here to get the wheels warm first um, with a kind of a throwback, really, which is a grind my gears, but also more of a question I hope we can dissect and, and more truly understand and hope that our fans can understand why this is something that happens in society. And that is <clears throat> men that wear ponytails. Uh, it's something that I tuned into this weekend. Um, I know it's been around for for generations, and it's drifted, you know, in terms of its reputation of hipsters and hippies and, you know, just overall dirty individuals. Um, but want to kind of hear from you guys why you think someone comes to a point in their life where they say that it's socially acceptable to wear a ponytail as a man. Well, upon reading this, my first take is you have three three reasons. A, you're a musician. B, you're a tattoo artist. Or C, you own a porn shop. Th- those are the only three real legitimate answers I can come up with. You, you forgot D, which is you've just completely given up on that, uh, which yes. I guess encompasses all three of those. You, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking about people that I've noticed you know famous people that is who have had ponytails and really like not many people come to mind I mean you can draw to like John Travolta and and uh Pulp Fiction but obviously that wasn't a real ponytail and quite frankly like I just can't think of a single person where I was like oh that was a cool look there's not a single one (laughs) I mean like the yeah like if you if you if you look up famous people with ponytails what comes up is Jared Leto and David Beckham, and then back in the day, our hunk of meat homie Brad Pitt rocked one. Wow. But, th- like, Brad Pitt is the only exception to this world of ponytails that is... Okay. Yeah, I think I think Brad Pitt and David Beckham kind of are in the stratosphere of they can kind of do whatever the fuck they want. And they'll pull it off. 
And Jared Leto is just a fucking He's, whack job. Yeah, so that dude's, just, that dude's out there. what he wants. Yeah. For me, for me the, the ponytail, or I should say having short hair, the best part about it is like the convenience. Like It takes me two seconds to wash my hair in the shower. I give it one comb, and I'm good. I don't have to condition. Um, don't have to worry about loose ends. It's just, it, it just seems like a lot of work that in my morning routine, I just can't carve out any extra time for. And I just, I don't know. It's just not me. Yeah. But teach their own. If I, if I look at it more, Brad Pitt was rocking a man bun. And I don't know if there's a, a true line in the sand that's drawn between man buns and ponytails. Like if there's a specific line. I bet, but, I bet uh, that, I bet there's some serious <clears throat> hatred between the man bun community and the ponytail community. Ponytail people probably think oh, people wear man buns, sure. man buns are pussies for not like letting it rage. That's like an Xbox PS4. Yeah, one. oh yeah. That that shit gets serious. They definitely kind of like shoot daggers like, at each other. Think about it. Jason Jason Momoa wears a man bun. Yeah, but he's also Samoan, so I'll give him the benefit and of the doubt. Jared Leto wears a ponytail. Yeah, that's all I need to know. That's the, that's the perfect comparison <laughs> or the perfect, you know, matchup yeah. right there cuz, you know, who wins in a fight? We all know. Aquaman. Well, now now that things are warm, uh, glad we went over that. I had to truly understand if there was something I was missing, and it's clear that I was already well-versed and knowledgeable on the fact. Um, we, uh, we can go into, <clears throat> do you need to go back to school? Um, and excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, I am under the weather, so fucking deal with it. <laughs> um, so go back to school. <clears throat> Yes or no? We'll find out now. Tom and Harrison, how long is a fortnight? Um, and I'm not talking about yeah. Ga- games. games of Fortnite usually last fifteen to thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Can it's range. like two weeks, isn't it? Yeah, Harrison. I believe it's also two weeks. <clears throat> Bingo! Let's go, boys. All right. Starting off on a strong mm. foot. I guess that ponytail discussion got yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's it. all it's firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, all right. Next one's a little bit of a more difficult one. Uh, what does CPR stand for? Um, Cardiac. Pulmonary. Resuscitation. Cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Very All right. Hey, that's teamwork. Good work, Harrison. Dude, I'll give you a that, half point. That's one and a half. Yeah, that right deserves there. a half point for sure. Cardi- did, you cardio- know, did you know that one, Gardner? Uh, I did not. Cardiopulmonary I, I, resuscitation? I, cardiopulmonary okay. resuscitation, yep. Man, we are just educating on so many levels tonight. Um, you know, like why to hate people with ponytails and what a Fortnite is and CPR stands for. Um, lastly, to wrap it up, to go three for three, what does a barometer measure? I think I know this one. Harrison, you have a guess? You can go first. <laughs> I, I'm almost positive it measures air pressure. Uh, yes, it does, Thomas. Hey, chalk one up for the scientist. Atmospheric pressure. Atmospheric so, uh, pressure. Okay. I, I for the record, did not know that. That's why I let Tom go first, considering he's studying his PhD. Well, there you go. Teamwork makes the dream work, yeah. you know? Three for three on that. Nice. Let's go. No boys. school for us. I only got two out of the three. It's, it's uh, that Roanoke College Fortnite. education really paying Fortnite off. and the barometer right, but that's it. Um, all right. Last week, we gave you a little dose of entertainment updates. Hope you went uh, and saw some of the movies or put them down on your calendar. A lot of up and downs about the Joker. Um, Still need to go and see it. Was supposed to see it. Things got in the way. Don't want to talk about it. Yeah, didn't you guys have Uh, a mandate to go see it? Yeah. We did. uh, Oh. oh. Well, that, yeah, it's it's complicated. Yeah, don't worry about it. So, bottom line is, Still need to go see it, regardless of what naysayers say. Um, but what you also need to know is that very soon, October 11th, I believe, Harrison, is what you said? October 11th, yes. October 11th, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, will release in select theaters and on Netflix. So uh, if you're you know, wanting to go and spend $150 on some popcorn and a ticket, go ahead. If you want to take advantage of your subscription, 
I'd recommend doing so. But uh, this is this is going to be fantastic. It, we're going to be reunited with Jesse Pinkman uh, as he copes with his past and forges onwards for a new future. Give us uh, kind of that closure that we all needed, you know, a little bit of what the Entourage movie did. Hopefully it won't be as much of a bust. Um, but nonetheless, very excited for it. Um, you should put it on your calendar. Um, and like I said, you don't even have to leave your house. Here's a, Just sit on your ass. And here's a question. So this has been, what, five years since Breaking Bad concluded? Something like that. Something like that. that. Like, what's, I mean, I definitely need a refresher. Like, what's the amount that you need to probably go back, like, for people who are going to get into it and going to, like, kind of rewatch some of the last seasons? Like, do you just watch the last season and then go watch the movie? Or what's what's the recommended uh, way to go about this? I think, I think what you should do is read like a wiki like a wiki synopsis on the first couple of seasons just to get fully up to speed watch the last season so that you're on the cliffhanger of you know I'm not going to ruin it for anybody um but but then that gives you the best way leading up to you know where we are now which is Jesse Pinkman and and the road that he's taken to wherever the fuck he is now and the shen- you know the shenanigans mm-hmm. along the way I'm I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it now I would watch the last two seasons if you haven't watched Breaking Bad yet I don't know what's going on with you or like what rock you live under but it isn't widely regarded as like one of the most like best critically acclaimed and reviewed shows ever yes. yeah man it's up I mean it's up there with you know I would watch some of the best shows of all time. The Wire, The Sopranos, you know, Breaking Bad is there. I would watch the last two seasons just because a lot of the last season is just Walt White, like, chilling in the woods. And you got to get a little action in. So watch the last two would be my suggestion. All right. Well, uh, that is something that you need to go and check out nonetheless. Next up is something that I tuned into on my eight-hour car ride home the other day uh thanks to harrison grimes educating me on this i listened to uh fatal voyage uh princess diana case solved uh this takes you through the death of princess diana and an australian detective who runs the podcast who was on the scene um do they have an australian accent oh yeah that's awesome that's already a plus in my book oh yeah and then they bring in a bunch of Brits, you know, with thick accents, and it's good stuff. Sometimes it's hard to understand. I wish there were subtitles, but it's a podcast. <laughs> um, but, no, you know, uh, I digress. So this is uh, a walkthrough of Princess Diana's death and new evidence that's come to light that has insinuated uh, that it wasn't an accident. Um, there has been conspiracies ever since she's died, but with new evidence they've kind of found that there was – suspected foul play uh potentially you know of prince charles uh heir to the throne or former lovers uh or even um organizations that she had done work with to ban mm-hmm. landmines and uh stop you know the spread of hiv and, and awareness on that so extremely interesting stuff i would recommend it as a listen on your way to and from work or if you're just bored um Never really was all that into the royal family, but uh, Princess Diana was kind of like that that outlier, that black sheep that was like, fuck you, and so definitely somebody to tune into if you are uh, a rebel sure. against, against the royal family. All right, what's next? Well, next up, we've got the uh, thick of it here. Um, we're going to talk sports. Like I said, NFL and MLB. Um, week five has come and gone. This was the first Sunday since 2007 with a five-touchdown passing performance, a four-touchdown rushing performance, and a three-touchdown receiving performance. Um, So as we kind of mentioned before we started recording, crazy week for fantasy. Uh, Some, you know, have said to have uh, eclipsed 300 points, which is fucking unheard of. Um, thanks to Will Fuller and McCaffrey and Deshaun Watson and, and a list of other clowns. So let's go ahead and dive right into it. Um, <clears throat> we've got some topics to discuss. I think one of the things I really wanted to chat with you guys about 
is this kind of banged up Kansas City's Chiefs team um, taking an L to the Indianapolis Colts and get your opinions on kind of the future for Kansas City who we saw as a potential Super Bowl candidate but you know their weakness being defense so yeah and um, and I think part of that weakness also as was highlighted um, during the game versus the Colts was their offensive line and you know while Patrick Mahomes is is probably the most talented quarterback in the NFL uh, he's got the ability to extend plays with his feet. He's obviously got the cannon for an arm. But without an offensive line and without receiver, like they're just so banged up on receiver between Sammy Watkins having hamstring issues, Tyreek Hill having been out for the last four or five weeks. Um, I don't know when he's even due back. I think it's in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, and then other than that, they still have Travis Kelsey, but then they've got a bunch of young guys like Deontay um Deontay Thompson, Thompson. Uh, and and Miko Hardman, and and those guys just are too young and too inexperienced to really be like that much of a factor in any given game. So I think the the Chiefs will be okay, but like last year, they're going to just rely on the offense to to produce, um, and just hope that the defense can can do enough to to hold teams, um, you know, at bay. But yeah. it's it's going to be the same thing as last year. They'll make the playoffs. They'll probably be the number one seed. Um, coming out of the AFC, yeah, we'll maybe see about that. It said that it said that Kansas City's thirteen points uh, on Sunday were the fewest the Chiefs have scored since okay. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, started yeah, I mean they're definitely going to win the AFC South. I would imagine if you know unless things like really spiral out of control, but you know it's going to be the same thing where they'll get to the playoffs and then they're going to play a real team with a real defense, and and, and they'll get dropped and. and that'll be that and until they actually start addressing the real problem um of, of kind of shoring up the defense and also getting some offensive line help they're uh, they're going to continue having the same problems every single year they'll be the team to watch and they're gonna be a ton of fun to watch but they won't be as successful as they should be and i i don't want to keep hitting the injury bug but from what i can tell pat mahomes has been playing through a sprained ankle for the last couple games and it like he got rolled up on and he's limping around but I don't want to take away from this Colts team at all. This is a very good football team. Um, their defense is banged up right now. Um, it's probably their best defensive performance in a long time. Yeah, and a lot of that starts with the offense and keeping Pat Mahomes off the field. Marlon Mack is establishing himself as a premier running back. The Colts' offensive line is among the best in football. And then, you know, on the per- perimeter, you have T.Y. Hilton, perennial all-star or uh, pro bowler or whatever you want to call him and Jacoby Brissett is slowly uh, you know becoming better and better each week becoming the guy that th- this Colts team needs to lead the offense I love you know I love Brissett just because of his New England Andrew, ties Andrew Luck who exactly um, <laughs> and you know Andrew Luck was great and all but this Colts team kind of galvanized around that early season being counted out and they're a legit contender and I I would not want to play them right now, just based I mean, on how they've been going. They sacked Mahomes four times, limited him to 10 of 24 passing for 158 yards, um, which is pretty wild given the fact that Patrick Mahomes has been a workhorse in terms of putting on you know performance. And I think this is like a perfect transition here. You know, They're facing the Texans next. Uh, who just hung 53 points on, you know, obviously a a pretty subpar Atlanta team, but nonetheless, uh, pretty huge offensive performance. Um, So wanted to hear your guys' take on that. You know, we saw Will Fuller blow up. Deshaun uh, put in, I believe, four touchdowns at the end of the day, um, which is pretty wild, I think. What did I have down here? Uh, He becomes... The first player in NFL history to throw for 400 yards, five touchdowns, so correction, sorry, and that's with five or fewer incompletions. Um, pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I think I think the te- Texans are gonna are gonna roll the Chiefs. Um, Texans are a bit of a no- an anomaly. Uh, they they some weeks they show up and they'll put up 40 plus points and five plus receiving touchdowns and all that jazz. And then other weeks they'll come out like you know like, like a horse with a fucking broken leg, um, 
And it just doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, they're, they're another team with an absolutely horrendous offensive line. I mean, Deshaun Watson's been the most pressured and hit quarterback over the past couple seasons, um, which, which obviously, you know, if put him behind a solid offensive line like they have in Indianapolis, and that dude's, you know, all pro quarterback. In, in my mind, between, you know, his football IQ as well as, you know, just what he's able to do with, with his arms and his legs – um, but I think on on that note, yeah. Have you guys seen the videos of Deshaun Watson like breaking down defenses after it's, the games? It's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, he's an idiot savant, dude. Unbelievable. And granted, like I'm sure if you asked most quarterbacks to delve into it, they could. But just like his ability to go back and recognize specific plays and coverages, it just goes to show you like his he's really on another level. Yeah. Like we're talking about millisecond decisions between touchdown I, passes and interceptions he's got that it's crazy but i think what's he's got that sean go mcveigh kind of like photographic memory where he can literally just go back to he could probably go back to the preseason games and be like oh yeah yeah like that was a cover two like you know linebacker blitz up the middle through the a gap and blah, you know and like he'll just talk that talk and i think he, it's really impressive to watch and I, and I think tom's right a lot of quarterbacks probably could do that but i bought i also bet there's a handful of them that can't do that nearly as well as he can, and those are the quarterbacks that aren't as successful. Well, what I was going to say is what probably makes him so dangerous is not only can he play, but he can break these plays down uh, from like a very analytical standpoint and be able to describe it to his team and people who understand it, and then also dumb it down to reporters and people who are watching it on yeah. TV. Like, his anal- like the way that he's breaking it down is understandable for somebody who has a very subpar understanding of the game and like I think when you see most quarterbacks do it they're speaking gibberish because not a lot of people are understanding the terminology unless you're obviously well versed in the sport which is what makes him dangerous so <clears throat> excited to see him play against Pat Mahomes I think having just hung 53 points you know Pat Mahomes having come off of a you know rough week and like uh, Tom said an injury or playing on an injury, um, it'll be a shootout. I think it'll be an interesting matchup. Another interesting matchup I'm looking forward to. I know I alluded to it earlier. The New York football giants are coming to town. Short week. Um, and just I was lucky enough to watch Tom Brady play this past weekend in person. Uh, it's a little sad. It might be my last time ever seeing him play in person. But... Um, did you guys catch any of the game this week and what he did to the sad, sad Washington Redskins? I did not, but I won a, I won a bunch I of money on him. Yeah, same. Yeah, I bet mm-hmm. you did. Well, I mean, so, you know, to give you some perspective for the people that are listening, uh, the New York football giants are going to be playing in Gillette against the undefeated Patriots who have just taken down a dog shit uh, Redskins team. Tom Brady is on a fucking high right now. Um, he has just surpassed Brett Favre to become third uh, all-time passing and is on his way to pass Peyton Manning with only 18 yards to do so. Um, so, I, you know, I, I I like to say that I have hope for Danny Dimes and the Giants. Um but I fear that this Patriots team is going to continue this undefeated season uh, that I alluded to in the beginning, and uh, it makes me even more nervous. Yeah, I'm just going to get right down to. I'm going to get right down to. No, I'm just going to get right down to brass. But they might put Eli here. in. Um, the Patriots are 17 point favorites at home versus a Giants team that just got beat. Uh, I don't even know what it was. 28 to 10, something along those lines. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And if the Vikings can cover 17 points against the Giants at MetLife, you better believe that Tom Brady and the Patriots will cover 17 pretty handily against the Giants. I think I would like to think that Tom Brady's got some sort of ongoing vendetta against the Giants for, for stealing two Super Bowls. Thank you, Gilad Manning. Um and so with that said, I think he's going to come out. They're going to disguise the fuck out of the defense to confuse Daniel Jones. He's guaranteed to throw a couple picks. 
And I, I just are we potentially going to see Eli? No, no, no. They wouldn't. Tom they Brady, wouldn't. Do, no, knowing how to dissect as much him? fun as that would be, they would never do that. That would kill Daniel Jones' confidence if they were just yeah, going to pull him on string just like that. But um, just do yourself a favor. Go into the weekend with a little extra money in your pocket. Take the the Patriots minus seventeen. This is coming from a New York Giants fan. I'm just trying to be realistic about what's going to happen in this game. The Giants' defense blows. The Patriots' defense is that of a juggernaut Nasty. without without the accolades of like a Cleo Mack and Eddie Jackson and all those dudes. Um, but yeah, take them take them minus seventeen. Be my guest. Lock Go to the up, bar baby. with an extra hundred bucks in your pocket. Well, um, we talked about the game. Tom was there. Redskins just were steamrolled this weekend, um, bringing them to an zero and five record. In Skins fashion, as you probably all already know, um, they fired head coach Jay Gruden, but not just fired him. They brought him in at 5 a.m. to their Ashburn, I believe, uh, headquarters, um, where they sat him down with head coach, or sorry, with the owner and the team president to inform him that he can pack his bags and fucking kick rocks. Uh, didn't let him sleep in. Didn't even just give him a call. Made sure he came in so they could tell him how bad he's been doing and goodbye. Yeah, uh, special PSA to Dan Snyder here. Uh, your head coach isn't the problem. You are the fucking problem. When you, when you go and you pull shit like this, do you really have to go at 5 a.m.? Like... I, I, I just don't see the necessity behind it at all. You're not, like, sending a message. Your team is Wait, what 0 the fuck 5. Does Dan Sny- what does Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen get out of firing someone at 5 a.m.? That's what I mean. Like, why can't it just wait till I don't know, 7 or 8 a.m.? Or just do it after the game. <laughs> like, this decision has been a long time coming. And it's almost like they just dragged Gruden out. If you look at the skin schedule, they have played playoff team after playoff team. I think their last three games were the Cowboys, the Patriots. Um, I know they played the Eagles to open the season. Like They have been full of legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And then the week of the Miami game, they just fucking can them. Like, at least give them a chance to go out and make some noise against Miami. Well, that's, that's what's so like vindictive and fucked up about this is his, his shot you know, at 0-4 we we talked about it last week we alluded to this happening his death in in you know washington um they put him up his like his last test his last chance his hail mary was against tom brady and the fucking patriots yeah it's like uh it's like they were gonna give him the electric chair and then like the chair didn't quite work but he still got shocked so they did it again (laughs) and it like still didn't work and then like finally, they just fucking they just kept shot him running in the head. It. Just so inhumane. Terrible. But um, you know, tough, tough stretch in in DC for Mr. Gruden. Best of luck. Um, you know, as a defunct Skins fan, I'm excited for what's next. Because uh, really now, same with the, what we were talking about last week with the Giants. Uh, no expectations moving forward, and you know maybe this change before the Miami game is what they need. And um, I just looked up before the game, and they're actually three-and-a-half-point favorites in Miami this weekend. Uh, if you touch this toilet bowl, you are a true degenerate. I want nothing to do with these lines or totals, but uh, I might just tune in just to, just, to see, just to see what happens. But take the Redskins minus Harry. three. I mean, <laughs> Dan Snyder is very comparable to, to my man, my homie, James Dolan. Giant, uh, New York Ranger, New York Knicks owner, um, where he just like him and Dan Snyder are such egomaniacs that the problem will never be themselves. Yes. Nobody wants Big to play problem. for him. You see, Trent Williams is a perfect example for why you know he was like they were trying to cover up injuries. They, they the health staff like wasn't like kind of being supportive of him and and what he had going on and where the, you know what injuries he was dealing with. And he just didn't feel like he was, uh, you know, supported as an employee of the organization, and and it's just the perfect, you know, it it just it paints the entire picture of Dan Snyder as an owner. Like he just doesn't give a rat's ass about what people think. 
you know, it's always going to be the head coach's problem. It's always going to be the player's problem. You know, even even with something like him not being open to changing the name, even though it is a pretty openly derogatory term for a Native American, um, he, he just he's the guy's an, an asshole. Uh, just call it what it is. He's an asshole. He's and he's an egomaniac and. And he's and he's not the only narcissism. He's is, not the only owner. Narcissism is what you see in all these failing organizations, yeah. like you said, with the Knicks, with the Rangers, with the Redskins. I mean, you look around all sports, all organizations. You have a bunch of presidents and owners firing off head coaches and general managers, saying, "You know, we got a clean house." But at the end, it's of the day, so apparent to see. It's so apparent to see how much an owner like you wouldn't think an owner would have that big of an impact because it's really the GM and the coach and the, and the players that are really running the show. But you do see that owners who are supportive of their players, owners who are who are involved with the team, who, who take like a lot of pride in their own team, um, are the ones who ultimately are, are successful. You look at Bob Kraft. You look at um, who's the uh, Clippers owner, super rich guy, Ballmer. Yeah, Steve Ballmer. Even though they've been you know they've been more successful in the last few years, but like you see, all these top players want to go play there because they approve of the ownership. Yeah, so. we should own a team. I bet players would love us. Oh, we would be just the greatest, the goat. Add another. Well, I mean, what what would you pick though? Like, would you what franchise would you pick? Um, I mean, the mo- oh, I, let, well, let's I say, what, say sport. what sport. I would say uh, probably the one that you get most bang for your buck would be MLS. Really? Yeah, I think I would own an NBA team. NBA would be next best. Yeah, but you have no place there. You can fit in better in the MLS. You me? I don't want to. De- I don't want to deal with those uh, the oh, NBA players. Fuck no! I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't own an NBA team if you asked me to. Yeah, not not to say that soccer players aren't, but they can at least be told what to do. Just shut up and play. <laughs> yeah, that that will get you real far. <laughs> Just shut up and play. That. that I mean, <laughs> that's not the mentality. But come on, that's like behind shut, closed doors. That's shut the mentality. up. Shut up and play. Remember <laughs> that when that woman on the on uh, that news channel said that about LeBron James? Oh, no, she's saying it to LeBron oh, James LeBron about James, him like yeah. speaking out on like social issues. She was like, "Why don't you just shut up and dribble?" <laughs> yeah, good job, idiot. <laughs> and <laughs> you're um, fired. <laughs> and goodbye. Um, all right. Well, I'll tell you who we're not going to be saying goodbye to, and who potentially has locked himself into you know lucrative deal. Maybe not in New Orleans, uh, but somewhere else. Teddy Bridgewater is undefeated uh, on the Saints, 3-0 and after this weekend, um, after taking down uh, the Bucks, 31-24. to um, You know, Drew Brees not being replaced, but for sure Teddy has secured his uh, his place in the NFL after kind of, you know, over the last year or so having a tough time um has seemingly found a team that he likes to play with that respects him um you know we made fun of his locker room speech which was just piss poor but overall the kid can play so um wanted to hear your guys thoughts on on teddy and his future and what this means for the saints i I mean i think we kind of hit on it a lot last week like I'm I'm glad to see that he is you know finally kind of growing into the guy he was before that leg injury, and I think he's only on a one year deal this year, and it wouldn't really make sense financially to sign him because he's going to be looking for a big contract, um, and I don't think he'll be a Saint next year, but he will definitely be a starting quarterback, uh, and you know as as we alluded to last week, like it's 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 good for the Saints. And um, I, I just want to see him keep balling. If he could maybe feed Alvin Kamara a bit more, um, if that's not too much to ask, Teddy, I know you're listening. I could really use the points. But uh, if you just could pick, keep doing it. If you could pick one team, the two of you, for Teddy to end up on, where would it be? I. That's a good question. Um, I could see him going to the Chargers. Low key. Think Philip Rivers is losing it a little bit. I'm gonna go with. You think the, you think the Steelers would be interested? Perhaps. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with the New Orleans Saints. Really? You think they're gonna sign him? I mean, they already signed him. Or they, they already gave him a contract, contract last last off season. 
I think they're going to do everything they can to keep him around now, especially now that this whole little interim starting quarterback job has has been going as well as it has. And and they've been beating some legitimate teams. I mean, it's not been some sort of fluke. They beat yeah. the Cowboys. They beat the Bucks after they dropped like 50-plus the week before um, against whoever it was, like Carolina. And, and I think they'll do whatever they can to, to, to keep that going. And I think he stays in New Orleans. I do like the idea of Pittsburgh, though, because did you guys see the hit on Mason Rudolph this past weekend? I did. He was out like a light. Dude, it was actually really sad. It, like Harrison showed me the picture with the uh, face mask cut off. I mean, that guy could not tell you what fucking year it was. He could not tell you his name. I mean, it was lights yeah. out. I mean, that, I mean, granted, he walked off because of the fact that the Steelers organization which is making billions, had four gentlemen pushing a golf cart uh, that malfunctioned to cart him off the field. So, like, the Steelers are just a fucking joke, not only on the field, but off the field. Mm-hmm. So, like, so, yeah, the fact that you, Like, the fact that your quarterback just got his brain exploded internally, like Skrillex in a tin can. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a golf cart that's functioning? That's bad. That's that's embarrassing. That's not an ownership I want to play for. Put it that way. No. It's fucking bullshit. No thank you. All right, AB. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Let's uh let's go ahead and wrap things up here um with just one last piece. Uh I just wanted to throw out kind of like a left left jab or or a right jab. Um on Tom after he gave some phenomenal suggestions on picking up tight end Benjamin Watson. The Patriots have made the decision to cut tight end Benjamin Watson. Yeah. Uh, so if you picked him up because of suggestions Tom made, you can DM him and tell him to fuck himself. Yep. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened, but uh, <laughs> he just didn't practice all week. And now we're rolling with fucking Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste, who are like, like if, if you had – like a brand new T-shirt, like fresh ass T-shirt, Gucci T-shirt. That's that's Rob Gronkowski. And then if you like played tackle football outside and tie dyed your shirt and then threw it in the wash and didn't dry it and it's all wrinkly, that's what Ryan Izzo and Matt Lacoste are. They're just like a couple bodies out there. They don't really do anything. They don't really block very well. And frankly, our tight end position is kind of concerning right now um so this cut was a bit of an issue but you know as as we all know the Patriots schedule is easy and luckily we have like eight weeks to figure it out like the Patriots schedule actually doesn't kick off until November when we play like the Eagles we play the Chiefs um things will start to we'll we'll see what this team is made of in November and then Gronk comes back in week 14 so (laughs) yeah yeah, new new advice. Just pick up Gronk and put him on your bench. Well, I, I did I did find joy in throwing some jabs at you, but I did want to kind of get some better better insight. I know you said like he just didn't practice all week, but what what was the decision there? He just I don't really know. Sucked or... uh, in his, I think he's thirty eight. Uh, and is he really? It, it had something to do with his contract where he was suspended for the first four games, and then they had until today to activate him or cut him i don't really know the logic behind it because even at 38 i thought he would be better than you know freaking frack that we have out there right now but you know i'm not rob Kraft, i'm not belichick so uh tbd on the whole ben watson thing i'll have a better update next week Alrighty. well um with uh, the ending of our topics here, we can roll into injuries. Just a couple of quick notes. Um, Patriots wide receiver Philip Dorsett uh, is on a week-to-week basis with a hamstring injury. Don't know how much that will affect him. I imagine he'll probably be back fairly soon, um, but that's something to monitor. Um, huge, huge void in the Giants offense. Uh Wide receiver Sterling Shepard will be sitting out versus New England. Um, what was the reasoning? Concussion protocol? Scared. Yeah, he's he's back in concussion protocol for the second time in three weeks, which is always a scary thing. That's like 
when you start to think like a guy probably starts contemplating like retirement his future his future yeah. i mean he's, he's really young um but pretty scary stuff and you know how concussions go like you know once you get one they can they can start coming easier and easier um and before you as know you it, continue to brain is mush and you're you're gronk exactly yeah. exactly so he's out again um giant the giants are a bit of a dumpster Destined fire hopefully failure. saquon's hopefully saquon's back i just don't know if it's really worth rushing him back from his ankle sprain because it's just not really worth it i mean i mean we talked about this, this is what they did with odell you know and he ended up breaking his ankle and the rest was his yeah career. Yeah, exactly, and um, and then he was off the team essentially. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, let's let's head into uh, picks and stuff. Yeah, I do want to say last note on injuries. Uh, not that this matters at all, but uh, this weekend Buccaneers O lineman um, Alex Kappa broke his arm and played the rest of the game. He will now be missing several weeks, um, but. <laughs> savage shit i imagine there were probably some painkillers involved but you know i stubbed my toe on the coffee table and i'm done for the day (laughs) so all right let's kick it off week six picks tom i'll turn it off to you to throw out uh harrison obviously interject if you have any opinions um or Mm -hmm. disagree yeah so as we'd mentioned uh new england to the moon this weekend especially given the lack of offense expected in the giants game uh, but I'm going to take my first pick to Tampa, Florida, where I will be taking the over 48 points in a Carolina-Tampa Bay game. Uh, Tampa's offense has really been firing since that 55-point showing versus the Rams. And Carolina's defense is okay, but being at home, uh, I'd, I'd like Tampa Bay to put up some points. And as we alluded to earlier, um, Christian McCaffrey is just on a fucking mission this year clear-cut mvp in my opinion and it just seems that there's not a single defense that can stop him and i don't see tampa bay really clamping down on him either i do like what kyle allen's doing and i think this 48 points is going to be maybe shot out at halftime but uh i'll I'll be riding the over there dude i i I think ronnie's taking a little bit of pride in his defense i think that that Carolina has the potential to clamp down even in Tampa on on Tampa's offense. <laughs> well, uh, um, for for my sake, I hope not. Yeah, let's see though. I'm interested. This is the first time I'm interjecting, but I don't. So, I don't so know. are you saying are you taking the under? I am taking the All under. All right, let's fight. Lock fight. <laughs> Grimes. I like. What it. do you got? I'm gonna go. Uh, my first pick. I'm also with Tom, as we noted earlier on Patriots minus seventeen. 17, excuse me, at Gillette. Uh, my next pick is going to be the Houston Texans, plus five and a half at Arrowhead Stadium versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we, we, you know, the Chiefs, we touched on them earlier and in their inability to, to have a good defensive showing and, and just couple that with what the Texans did last week. Five passing touchdowns for Deshaun Watson and I expect him to have another good game. Um, they're going to try to force Houston to run the ball. Uh, I think Carlos Hyde is, is capable enough to do that, uh, and, and as well with Duke Johnson kind of being the receiving back out of the out of that backfield. And I think that'll help open up the pass, and I think uh, Houston should be able to cover five and a half so you're, on the road. So you're saying keep Deshaun Watson in the lineup this week? That would be a good idea. Uh, who's the other quarterback, Russell Wilson? Yeah, do that. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, Tom, what do you got for your next pick? For my second pick here, I will be taking the Philadelphia Eagles uh, plus three at Minnesota. Uh, the Vikings, as we mentioned earlier, had a nice 28-10 victory, um, albeit it was against the lowly New York Giants. And a lot of the Vikings' offense stems from being able to run the ball with Dalvin Cook. I don't really see Philly's front seven getting pushed around all that easily. And the Phillies of or the Phillies, the Eagles have fired off a couple good wins in a row now. After a shaky start, they're starting to figure things out. Um, and I, I think this is just a good opportunity right now to take. You know, they're giving me three. I'll take the three. 
against a Vikings team that is very much still on the rocks. So Eagles plus three, book it. And I'm going to go with my next pick, uh, New Orleans Saints traveling to Jacksonville, the um, literal butthole of America. Um, and I think the Saints, are the line's even right now. I would say take the Saints. That defense is solid. I think they're going to make Gardner Minshew uh, have, a lot of, have, have a lot of trouble, and their, their secondary is solid. So, I mean, you're going to have Mar, uh, Marshawn Lattimore covering probably DJ Chark, considering the way he's been playing lately. And it's going to be just on them to stop Leonard Fournette. And if they can do that, they'll, they'll come out of this game Let's with a W. Go, baby. That's my last pick, too. Uh, we're riding the Saints this week. Teddy B, take us to victory, baby. Doesn't seem like he's going to have a problem doing that. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and move on. Tom accidentally said the Phillies. Let's talk baseball. Uh, MLB, playoffs, full swing. And Phillies are not there. Um, but there are some other just Bowshaug teams uh, that have been lighting it up. And so we're here to give you the rundown. Um, Tom, take it away. Yeah, so today the Tampa Bay Rays showed a little backbone and raked in 10 runs uh, in a 10-3 to victory to force Game 4 against the Astros. Uh, Zach Greinke, fun fact for you. In six years of playoff baseball, he's pitched in now nine series. Um, he has a three and five playoff record with a 4.03 ERA. Uh, that may or may not include the six earned runs that he gave up today, but uh, it was interesting to see Tampa Bay put up a little fight against the Astros, especially considering the Astros are the um, you know the the head favorite uh, of teams to win the World Series. Unfortunately for Tampa Bay, they're going to run into Justin Verlander in Game Four, and that might be all she wrote for uh, the Rays, but uh, I, I also just want to throw this out there too. This, like, o- the month of October is just prime time. It's the best time for sports. A lot of people will argue March Madness. Um, no, it's right now. You have NFL, right now. college football, MLB playoffs, NHL starting, basketball starts in a couple weeks. Um, I can't remember the last day I went without placing a bet down. Somehow I'm still floating around even money, um, but yeah, the the Rays of you know I, I was surprised to see that today, but I I think you know this is a good showing for them. They won a playoff game, but you're not gonna beat Justin Verlander. He is just too good. Thanks for playing. Harry's been flush recently. He's been showing off his record all week. Yeah, my, I I had a very very hot. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of last week. Then college football's uh, long schlong came around to really put me back in in my <laughs> place. And and it did just that. College football has been difficult. Yeah, it's just been difficult. There's really no other way to put it. I can't seem to get a grip on it uh, every single week. It just, it just takes all my winnings and it literally just burns it in my face. And... Uh, I'm looking to, to, you know, rewrite the script this coming Saturday, starting on Friday with Miami versus Virginia. I don't know what's going to happen. I should probably bet against I, Miami. I would, I would fade, the, <laughs> fade the heart there after last week's performance. Well, we'll, we'll throw up some picks, and uh, obviously you guys know you can come here to put some money in your pocket, and I'm just going to do a little promo here uh, for all the hottest locks. Go to, go to Capra's place. They are the best in the biz. So um, we've fully digressed here. But let's kick it back into MLB. Talk Cardinals. Tom, what do you got for us? Yeah, this was uh, – we, we posted about it before the playoffs kicked off. And this series has lived up to all expectations. Uh, the Cardinals and Braves have just been throwing haymakers at each other. Uh, and this afternoon, the Cardinals um, won an extra innings to force a game five. I don't really know who the Braves – or the Cardinals, for that matter, are going to throw. Uh, I'm assuming Jack Flaherty, the ace of the Cardinals staff, will take the ball in Game 5. And I alluded to this in our our, our um, postseason preview write-up. The Braves' pitching staff is just a bunch of young guys, a bunch of inexperienced guys, and you saw that this afternoon. 
They had to bring in Julio Tehran, who didn't even make the playoff roster. Um, and as a result of that, Yadi Molina uh, tied the game up in the eighth with an RBI single and then won the game in the tenth for the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals moving forward. It's all about, you know, momentum. And, you know, when push comes to shove, they have the edge in pitching. And that's really what it comes down to right now is pitching. I like the Cardinals. I love the Braves, too. It really pains me to say this because the Braves are just loaded um, with exciting players, young talent. But I just don't think it's their year. They continue to make a lot of stupid errors, a lot of... um, just like rookie or you know inexperienced mishaps that have cost them multiple plays multiple runs and you just can't do that shit in the playoffs so game five is wednesday night i believe and i'll be taking the cardinals dana if you're listening sorry uh on the breakdown (laughs) i feel feel like you say that a lot dana probably fucking hates me (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. He calls every week and absolutely loves it. He just likes to to fight back. Oh, so fair enough. Um, yeah, just a big big Braves fan. So always love to see that in there. Um, Nats Dodgers. Well, Tom, you want to talk on it? I know the uh, as a live update, Nats are up right now five one. I believe we're probably Ooh. going into like the seventh inning or something like that. I don't have the game in front of me, but take it away. If the Nationals win tonight, so the Dodgers are up two one. But if the Nationals win tonight, bet every last dime that you have on the Nats. It's, it's funny that I said this in the beginning of the year um, for the Nats to, to win the division. And although they didn't do that, um, if you have been watching any baseball at all, you would know the name Steven Strasburg. And he has been absolutely dominant in October. He's got a 2-0 record, 1.0 ERA in 14 strikeouts in nine innings pitched, um, won the wild card game, and is he's just a fucking monster. And as so is Scherzer. Scherzer went tonight and he looked good. Uh, but if this series is tied two to two, the I'm kind of leaning with the Nationals here, not just because they're my NL team, uh, but like I said, Strasburg has just been in a different fucking different level of eliteness. And the Dodgers kind of seem to have sputtered out. You know, they they just cruised through the regular season. And to be fair, their best pitching happened before the All-Star break. They relied on their offense the second half of the season. And their pitching has kind of been exposed. Kershaw hasn't been the guy we're accustomed to seeing. Uh, Hinruju, the... Or Hinju-ru, whatever. the, the, The starter at the all-star game has regressed massively and if if i'm dave roberts i don't know who i throw in game five and if i'm dave roberts i'm worried about my job if i lose this series um because the dodgers have all the talent in the world and for one thing or another dave roberts can't seem to get a championship so keep tuned to this series uh absolute must watch game five if it's looking, uh, it's looking good for the Nats. Bottom of the six, zero outs, 5-1. All right, that is good news. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Go Nats. Fuck, Go fuck Nats. the Dodgers. Well, Harry, I will uh, do the honor of turning over our last piece here uh, to chat a little bit about this Yankees-Twins matchup. Yeah, so uh, Yankees-Twins. Yankees have historically just always had the Twins number. Um, twins are a hell of a team. You know, over 100 wins this season. They led the MLB in home runs uh, by one home run over the New York Yankees. But the Yankees, um, you know, regardless of injuries and things like that, they they just their offense has been clicking uh, in this series, especially. I think they've put up 18 points in two games so far. Uh, game just kicked off from the bottom of the first, uh, and you got Luis Severino pitching, who has been injured all year, but since coming back has looked like Luis Severino, uh, like, like you expect him to, to, to be. And, you know, I, I fully expect the Yankees to, to take this game. They're in Minnesota, but I uh, fully expect them to take this game and, and, and just move on and get ready for what will seemingly be the Houston Astros. Um, if, they, um, if they're seemingly able to keep all of these cylinders firing uh, and 
push onwards and take down the Astros. Uh, do you think at that point in time it's wrapped up, or is there anybody on the other side that scares you, um, you know, more than the Astros in the NL? That is. Um, I really, I really think whoever comes out of this Cardinals Brave series is going to be the team to beat, um, just just because of how balanced they are. But um, it, like I said, it, it hurts me to say, but no, I. I don't really see anybody slowing the Yankees' offense down. Um, the only thing that's going to hamper the Yankees is their starting pitching because they have a, an excellent bullpen. But you, you know, once these playoff series turn to seven-game series uh, instead of five, the the bullpen gets taxed more. Uh, you start to figure out pitchers, what coaches are doing, how they're approaching hitter by hitter. Uh, it really turns to the mental side of baseball that gets overlooked because of how slow the game is or you know say what you want about baseball but there really is nothing like playoff baseball and you know there's a reason why it's America's game because it's the best well, no, nonetheless um, you know I'm at not necessarily full mass but almost there seeing a New York team actually having some form of success so we'll be riding this till the end. Like I said, I don't I don't pick up on any MLB until playoffs. So here we are. Sure. Sure. Um, don't know how good that is for content, running a sports podcast, but it's a collaborative it. effort. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, close things out here tonight. Unless you have any last points on the MLB, we've got some buzzer beaters to close it out. Tommy Lasagna, wrap it up for us. Yeah, as I said earlier, uh, N- excuse me, the NBA is starting soon, and you guys need to go check out the highlights of Celtics' new big man Taco Fall. He made a big splash for himself in the NCAA tournament, nearly upsetting Duke, um, and he has just been a force so far in the few preseason games I've seen. Uh, he's lanky and he's slow as fuck, but when you can take one step from the three-point line and be under the basket you know that you're a legitimate defensive force and i love watching him i can't wait to see what he's gonna do this year uh big taco guy big taco dude guy. that that guy is so frail someone's gonna fall uh, badly onto one of his legs and the thing's gonna break in seven different spots it might but he's also like 300 pounds bound to break dude you're not supposed to be that big it's like great danes by the time they're five they just implode they're like we shouldn't be this big All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'll wrap it up here with a buzzer beater before I close us out. Um, As we mentioned, NHL has kicked off probably one of my favorite times of the year. Still a lot of puck to be played, but the Rangers are looking pretty decent probably about another year before they are a serious threat. But 2-0 to start off the season, so you love to see that. Um, Just excited to finally see, you know, MSG being properly used. So, um Ladies and gentlemen, it has come to an end here tonight. Thank you, as always, for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. If you're not already, make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram so that we can keep you constantly smiling and laughing. Additionally, please make sure to click to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify so that you can keep up to date on our weekly released episodes. It is our lifeblood. Don't let us down. Most importantly, to close us out, on this day in 2007, 25-year-old Petit Wayne, or Lil Wayne, was arrested in Idaho uh, and was not eligible for bail due to uh, other charges. So to play us out here tonight. Okay, Boston Red Sox cap, I get baseball money. Used to do it big, but now bitch, I do it Paul Bunyan. Cincinnati Reds cap, skinny jeans, black chucks, Hollywood shotgun. Watch me make it act up. Saints cap, new car, paint that if it ain't black. Red light, press a button, make the top think back. That was tough, so are us. No such thing as sober up. You close minded, I shoot you in your head, I bet you open up. High yellow woman with a hair to her ass. Bring a home fucker like a belt, then I crash. And when it comes to head, I get the head of the class. I got them green backs like I laid in the grass. Luchi be my nigga, the east up in the building. Young Moolah bit. 
hearts already filled and buy a long dick, them bitches wanna pull Weezy, baby, nigga, I ain't just good, motherfucker, I'm Chilo and we good. I'm good.